What's up, boss? Nothing too much. <laughs> Excited to uh, get talking, some good stuff, good people in the uh, in the building. Um, happy to be here. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. This is our uh, first guest episode with uh, introducing Nolan George here. Hello. <laughs> he be, uh, he's a good first guest. He's got some stories to tell. Interesting guy here, so should be uh, an exciting episode. Uh, we'll dig into some, some interesting uh, stories and... Kind of just get each other's background. Just I guess for some a little bit of a little bit of background. Noel's a buddy from a long time ago. We met when we were growing up. Grew up in the same place. So uh, Noel's been around a while, and now we live out in Colorado together. So uh, it's a pretty good pretty good setup we got out here. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I met um, the man, the myth, the Lex. Um, <laughs> Back in middle school, I want to say, is when we really became super close. Um, yeah. I would say um, Alex has more nicknames than any of my uh, our friends growing up. I think <laughs> the first one being the Shikra. <laughs> so the first, um, I want to say, first time we really became super close in middle school, we were talking roller coasters. The roller coaster, the Shikra, came yeah. to mind. So every time I'd see him <laughs> walk in the halls of uh, middle school, I'd give a big old Shikra. <laughs> That, that was uh, the origins. Now we're back uh, away from Illinois and Colorado. Things are going good, too. Yeah, dude. That was a long time ago, man. The truth. Um, and then, yeah, and then uh, met Avery in high school. Uh, became super tight. Senior year, I think, was really the year we became really, really tight. Went to see you together. And then both of us stayed in uh, Colorado and recruited Alex out mm-hmm. here now. It Got everyone out here, and it's been, yeah. been awesome. It's been, it's been super cool living really close to each other. It's been legit. It's been awesome. Yeah, you uh, you remember the first time you met Nolan? No, it was definitely high school. I don't know, like, the specific, like, time. It probably was, like, at a party or some, like, something like that. But yeah. I agree. I do remember best stories were going out senior year. <laughs> Always a time. Yeah. I remember, like, I was bugging Nolan so hard because you were between CU and Elon, right? Yeah, Elon. Very different schools. Every time I saw him, like, did you pick CU? (laughs) Did you pick CU yet? (laughs) Yeah, true. Um, I was bugging him about it, but I remember we were at a party in one of our friends' basements, and he came down, and he's like, guess what, champ? Guess what? (laughs) And we celebrated all night that he's also going to CU. Legendary. Legendary. I guess that's a good good segue, because we do talk about a lot of, like, like, college stuff around here, young adult stuff, so, like, why... Why did you pick CU over, like, Elon? Yeah. Um, so I think with those two schools, they are very different. So biggest being size-wise, Elon's a very small, I think more liberal liberal art school in North Carolina, CU being, like, a big state school. Um, the biggest things leaning me towards Elon was just how small it is with the, the sense of how close you get with your teachers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was a cool area. Um, but just big picture whether it be sports or yeah. just the amount of opportunities mm-hmm. available at CU kind of seal the deal with that um and then yeah I think deep dive I really swayed all of the all of it I could but uh CU won me over for the school and also I think just um Colorado being kind of a cooler state yeah. than North Carolina in my opinion <laughs> yeah true North I, I forgot Elon was in North Carolina though that would be uh, 
That's interesting. It'd place, be different, yeah, yeah. Different than Illinois too. Much different. Colorado. You uh, consider any like in-state schools at all, or no? So I think um, kind of goes back to I think what um, Avery was saying on one of your past episodes with um, outside the Midwest. So my family was also big advocates of of getting outside the Midwest for school. So I didn't apply to any Midwest schools. Oh, nice. Um, the only other one I think that I was in between my top three were uh, was Oregon. Was it oh. one I was yeah. considering? Um, I about that. But yeah, my my mom went across the entire uh, U.S. She went from East Coast to West Coast for school, mm-hmm. um, and then my dad also traveled like um, farther from where he grew up. To yeah, go to gotcha. school. So they were just both big advocates of that, um, which I feel lucky too because I think it's a good yeah. school to have a different experience. And then now because True. I've been in Colorado so long, I kind of consider it a home mm-hmm. in a sense too. Yeah, and you kind of get yeah, it's cool to get used to a place that you like so far away from home to kind of get a new sense of it because I when I was picking schools I didn't really consider I looked at other schools far away but I was like probably going to stay closer to home mm-hmm. um, which I ended up yeah obviously doing but it was a it was a tough decision I it's cool that you guys parents just pushed you out of the out of the house and out of your comfort zone for sure mm-hmm. it was also really nice at least for me having you at CU because I knew no one you know and it was nice to like have a friend and like we always hung out and it was also cool because like we were in different dorms so like I met my dorm friends and then you would bring your dorm friends over and we all kind of became a huge friend group through that way which is nice um so why did you decide to stay in Colorado um to me I think the biggest thing with staying in Colorado is the proximity to nature okay so um like uh, throughout my time at CU and just Colorado, some of my most favorite activities have been just kind of hiking through nature because I think it's just such a puts your mind at ease and there's so many like benefits. And I think to me, honestly, I, I got I got unfinished business with Colorado. I don't want to leave until I get because um, I hike a, a good amount, but not as much um, as there are trails to offer here. Yeah. So um, one thing I would definitely like to do if if I were to leave Colorado, I would certainly like to. Um, cross off some 14ers off my list so uh for people who don't know 14 is a 14,000 uh feet peak mm-hmm. there's yeah. like i think 58 or so in, in colorado. colorado i've done one yeah. um yeah you gotta tell that story yeah which <laughs> was was uh quite the adventure i basically just in the summer was like all right i keep hearing about 14ers um time to send one yeah. so got in my car sent my 14er um and made pretty good time. I think I got up and down in like four and a half hours. However, when I got down, I realized that I did not apply enough sunscreen and got Ooh. one of the worst sun uh, sunburns in my entire life, which was yeah. not very fun. Um, but it was it was awesome. I mean, the, I saw some mountain goats at the top. Mm-hmm. I saw some marmots, which some uh, confuses capybaras. Not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the same thing. No uh, capybaras in yeah, Colorado. Yeah, capybaras. <laughs> But it's just, it's, I mean, when you get to that high of uh, altitude and just like the peak of a mountain, it is yeah. one of the, the coolest feelings of just, um, I don't know, like, I don't know if you can describe it in one word, but it's an awesome feeling. And it, it's, a, it's very time consuming, which is the, yeah. the hard thing, I think, with hiking in general. But um, yeah, reason I decided to stay in Colorado is because I love nature mm-hmm. and I got unfinished business. Yeah, I, got, I got more peaks to summit. Yeah, it seems like, uh, it seems like you get a good amount of fulfillment, I would say, out of that. Like, you you conquered like a literal peak which is like 
really cool to say and then yeah. you kind of come down feeling like and you could do it all in one day too like which is the best you don't have to like camp out or anything but um i'm definitely trying to get on those at some point i gotta yeah. do one maybe when it gets warmer outside yeah we'll do one at one point i think um one funny story on the hiking is me and alex have hiked um a good amount or yeah decent amount of trails however um, me being going to see you, I kind of had some background in some trails, but yeah. I did get us into a sticky situation where I I put us on a hike where uh, it was a bit, it was it was pretty long, but there were you get to the top and there was either go down the same way, or go down the backside. Yeah. I thought that the backside would lead us to the same <laughs> part. That was not the yeah. case. So I basically set us on an extremely long hike, got a sloss. I didn't. I, I don't even think I ate breakfast, so I was just yeah. being an idiot. And I, we didn't have the proper provisions, so luckily some other hikers kind of bailed us out and drove us down to the bottom. But oh yeah, a, we got was, lucky. Yeah, there. it was a bit yeah, of a sticky who, situation. Who helped you out there? Yeah, some Indiana Hoosiers. <laughs> Shout out the Hoosiers. Shout yeah, out for the real. Hoosies. You uh, the Hoosiers are everywhere, and so once you find them, they're they're always pretty helpful. Um, so I don't know if they see this ever. Thank you guys. That was yes. That was honestly a, a kind of life saving because we had another two three hours in that hike that we had to yep. go. Yeah. Uh, and it was like what eighty five <laughs> degrees outside. Yeah, so it was, like midsummer too. Yeah. It was yeah. tough. I remember receiving the text from like one of you being like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I think we're lost." <laughs> I'm like, "Great." Yeah. <laughs> yeah not good ideal. Time, though. Not ideal, but yeah, good time. As long as you got the right provisions. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, you just gotta be prepared. A lot of preparation. That you yeah, exactly. Do. Which usually I'm not the best. I'm more of a sender, but... Mm-hmm. Got, Started to learn a little bit. Yeah, keep working <laughs> on as I go. Live and you learn. Yeah, dude. So, I think we should, like, get into... Because you have a pretty, honestly, a pretty interesting occupation. An, an interesting job. Um, something that maybe a lot of people probably wouldn't be able to relate to, but have all had mm-hmm. at some point. And that is like you're a teacher. It's true. Um, yeah, so I'm a high school science teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm teaching physics, physical science to freshmen. Um, and also have a geology, astronomy class to, to junior, seniors yeah. at a school um, in Colorado. Um, and it has been interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Especially in the sense of, like you said, everyone goes through high school. Um, but being back in it on the other side of things. Yeah. Opens your eyes to so much um, that happens. The biggest being when you're a student, I think it's just kind of like you're focusing on yourself. You have some clicks, but when you're the teacher, the educator, you really are kind of responsible in a sense for everyone in your class. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much differences in kids, especially nowadays. Yeah. Um, so just being really, really attentive to details um, in that sense. But um, one of the, I guess, more interesting things and just kind of a refreshing thing is I deal with a lot of uh, 14 to 15 year olds um, who think they have life figured out. Yeah. It's, 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 it's refreshing and just funny to see that they're just raw confidence that they just got yeah. it all figured out uh, when in reality they definitely do not. Yeah. Neither do I, but um, just kind of see um, the, the innocence being mm-hmm. portrayed by them. Um, kind of makes me feel a little bit younger at heart too, and it's just uh, cool, cool little like kind of motivator and confidence boost. Just kind of keeping in the back of my mind that whatever happens, don't really think too much yeah. into it, um, and just kind of do rather than just thinking a lot. Yeah, it's like uh, I do have a question. Like, do you do you kind of see yourself a little bit like your fourteen, fifteen year old self in them a little bit? Like, uh, can you relate to them? 
Yes, yes, <laughs> I do. And I, I totally see myself in a lot of the things they do. And I think one thing that's been an advantage of me being um, a younger teacher, I believe I am the youngest teacher at my school, okay. is um, there's basically nothing these kids can say that's going to go over my head. Like, mm-hmm. I just know almost everything, like whether it be what apps or games they're playing mm-hmm. on their phones or the lingo, I'm usually pretty well versed in. Yeah. Um, so I can relate a lot to... Um, what they do and what they say um, and I think that has helped me a lot in just building relationships with them because gotcha. I, I mean you teach I teach whatever I'm teaching but at the same time I really am trying to get to know the kids mm-hmm. as much as I can to um, be able to connect and help them in, in different areas outside of whatever I'm mm-hmm. teaching yeah no, it's super cool it's like uh, everyone's got a everyone has a teacher at some point so like just uh, hearing the side of the completely opposite side of it is is crazy, and then you've told some great stories too, which is which is really cool. Um, how did you kind of get on that career path? Did you would you say like going to CU, your major kind of had to do something with it, or I guess how did you find that career? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I don't think it it definitely wasn't something really even on my radar mm-hmm. um, in. At CU, I was kind of, I've had a lot of kind of interesting or weird jobs over the years. And to me, it's almost just like uh, whatever kind of catches my interest or, or I, I could see myself enjoying, I kind of gravitate towards. Okay. So one thing I guess with teaching that got just in my mind is um, when I was a junior at CU, um, I got a job as a substitute teacher. So I would go around, it was like basically how the job worked is there were openings at schools and you were part of a company you would just sign up and then you'd go to the school for that day so I bounced around different schools um, in Denver and I had a lot of fun because I mean, at that point it was just I'm there for a day so it was really just me kind of hanging out with the kids yeah. and um, any sort of age kids just uh, whoever they are they always kind of cracked me up and I'm a big humor advocate so that was <laughs> awesome um, but yeah and it was also cool just kind of teaching so many different things um, my degree was in environmental science so when okay. I guess later um, when I started thinking about job-wise, in that sector, there's like a lot of policy analyst stuff. Um, and then in the fields, like sort of like um, spatial scientist, data scientist stuff. Mm-hmm. So one one side of that, the, the policy analysis, I'm not too big of a politics guy. So that didn't, it didn't have my interest. Like I, yeah. I'm not saying that maybe I, I could have been good at it, but I really wanted something I was passionate about. So that mm-hmm. was kind of off the table. And then I, I could have seen myself doing some um, data scientist stuff out in the field, collecting data samples, whether wherever it be. But a lot of the jobs I came across, you needed a lot of experience for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it seemed like a it's kind of tough. a tough thing. I couldn't really find any opportunities that, that um, I could get into out of college. Um, mm-hmm. And so then I kind of just thought about teaching and I, and I enjoyed sub-teaching. So I got into that. Um, and then I was actually... Um, before pursuing the high school job, I was set up to work at an elementary school. So I was yeah. because um, with the school systems, there's um, private schools or charter schools where mm-hmm. you actually don't need a license okay. to work at those schools. They can just nice. hire you based on merit, essentially. Um, whereas public um, education, you do need to be licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to work on that until I got introduced um, to there's a new alternative licensure route. Yeah. Because teachers are so in need all over the country, where yeah. essentially, you, even if you didn't get schooling in teaching, um, you would you, if you're hired by a school to teach, 
then that's one half. Then you also take classes. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm teaching and I'm also taking a class to earn my alternative teaching license, which I would then get um, after two years. Okay. Um, and there's also programs you could do it in one year. I chose the two year because it's a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. And already there's just so much stuff going on with my job and just school systems in general. It's just kind of information overload. So the two year one was a gotcha. little bit um, a better route for me. Yeah. Well, it seems like a very like uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like a very fulfilling job almost like Rewarding, yeah. and like definitely one of the most important jobs in the country for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, I mean, I'm sure you do get a lot of fulfillment on that and like kind of seeing kids grow throughout the year and stuff like that. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, even in the the short time I've been at my school, like just in the sense of how close you can get to kids, it's kind of mm -hmm. it just kind of gives you a, a big sense of responsibility, which is yeah. a motivator for your job and even outside of the classroom because I mean one thing I think about myself is you teach your subject matter but I think a lot of being a teacher is how you act because kids are very very aware of just kind of body language and they're always testing you yeah right so they're all they're uh they might uh, whether it be comments or just doing stuff they're always saying okay like how's how's Mr. George gonna react to this and stuff like that so just kind of keeping my cool and then just also using whatever things might rile me up I'm like okay I'll look into that why did that rile me up what can I do uh, yeah. to, to not have that happen again okay. um, but yeah but yeah definitely a very fulfilling um, um, career path thus far and, and it's also going to be cool because a lot of the kids I've taught um, are freshmen yeah. and I don't foresee myself leaving the school I'm at anytime soon so I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to kind of see how these kids grow in their just high school yeah. career fair that's cool I'm sure that you have a lot of stories do you care to share <laughs> uh, yeah, some I will, of your favorites I will yeah I will share some stories I certainly have quite a few in my uh, uh, I guess brain so to speak <laughs> Um, one that I know I've told both of you, but this is kind of just gives you a glimpse into some of the, the craziness that goes on at my, at my school, any school, especially freshman age kids um, who don't have too much of a filter on their mm -hmm. mouths. So oh, I'll, kinda, sure. I'll set the scene is, so my school is in a more rural part of Colorado. There's a farm right across from my school. So every now and then, um, depending on how the wind's blowing, the air will smell just like fertilizer because they're fertilizing the um, uh, the farms or the ground. Mm -hmm. um, not the most pleasant spell, but you know, yeah. you, you, you smell it every now and then, you get <laughs> over it. So I'm, I'm in my class, um, the bell rings at like 7.55 on most days. Okay. Um, just kind of getting ready for to go for the day. Kids are kind of walking in, um, two kids come in, uh, one of which is probably the biggest troublemaker in my class of last semester. And they're just talking. The other kid, not the troublemaker, um, he's like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, it smelled so gross outside. And then just the, the other kid kind of just chirps back and goes, oh, yeah, dude. Smelled like grandma pussy. Oh. <laughs> and I'm sitting like, oh. there in my seat. And I'm like, dude. it's 8 a.m. It's 65. Like, I was already having Of course, I'm like, nope, no, we're not going there. Shut it down as best I can. Um, but it, it happens. I mean, it's a lot of it of what teaching is you never know what they're going to say. Yeah. You have to be ready to at least react. So. <laughs> Um, Too early for that. Yeah, and, and, it, and it goes into another another hard thing though. As a, a teacher and educator, is sometimes what these kids say. And I think for people listening, what I just said is kind of an objectively funny thing. <laughs> like it's kind of funny, but 
I can't. I can't. I gotta keep my character. I can't yeah. give into yeah. it. And I have to be like, we're, you know, we're not gonna talk about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Let's focus on some science True. stuff. Right. True. Um, so that was one of the stories to kind of get a glimpse into what happens every now and then in my classroom. But yeah, just keeping me on my toes. And uh, 14, 50 year olds got a lot to yeah. say. And it's not always appropriate things that you're not, say. You're not getting bored either. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. It is definitely a roller coaster, yeah. especially first year teaching, because um, I didn't have any background besides a couple of times I sub taught. Um, but that is one of my favorite things, is it's just an adventure yeah. and every day is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I feel like I do, do remember like in our high school experience, it was just like you'd have some kids who just got that crazy energy at it. That was like you too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. The uh, thing that definitely helps me out is I was a bit of a troublemaker in in high school. Like I got my, I always focused on my grades because my parents were big on me keeping my grades up. But mm-hmm. any sort of free time, I was a big schemer. So I'd always yeah. kind of scheme scheme stuff up. And I just I uh, had a high uh, priority of humor. I just loved yeah. making people laugh. So a lot of times I would bend the rules to do that. So a lot yeah. of the times these kids, I can relate to them, but at the same time. Um, I I, ha- I have to kind of um, knock off the behavior, but I'm able to because I can relate. Do it in in yeah. ways that aren't like um, getting the kid to kind of hate you. Because once the kid, um, any sort of student um, loses trust, that's just a big thing for discipline. Because then they're not going to listen to you if if they don't trust you anymore. Yeah. Basically, I was going to say, how did you kind of start to learn how to shut it down? Even if you think it's funny and you're kind of like biting your tongue, can't laugh, can't yeah, I think it on. You the, know? the biggest thing for me, and I think, in my opinion, the biggest philosophy for teaching is just picking your battles. Because yeah. if in, in the grand scheme of things in the classroom, there are probably, I don't know, anywhere between 20 and 50 things that come up every day where you, you could, in theory, you, no one would, would um, oppose. You could pick a battle right there and be like, no, you're, like, you're not doing this. Right. But I think just... Um, Keeping your your body language and demeanor very calm and chill uh, spe- goes a long way to to kind of um, first getting the behavior to stop and then just reinforces what's happening in the future. Okay. Whereas if I were to overstep or overplay my cards, so to speak, and really yell at some of these kids if they maybe had like a profanity or or, or a comment, it would work in the moment. Right. But then I think long term. If I went too overboard, then the trust would start to dwindle, mm-hmm. and then the behavior might not get better in the future. And then if I already yelled, what am I going to do next time? Because yeah. then it's a thing where if I try to keep everything in my classroom, it like within my classroom, because once you start maybe sending a kid to the office or another yeah. classroom, you're basically in a sense showing um, the the dean or the administrators that you can't handle that kid. Right. And then it becomes a, a bigger and more complicated problem. Okay. Yeah. So I try, whatever I can do, I try at all costs to keep it within the classroom. Yeah. Nice. And what are some examples of your punishments? I know you've shared with Lex and I some of the yeah like the tardy one. Yeah. So I, I there's a tardy problem at my school, and there's and you can mark them tardy in the attendance kind of portal, but nothing really happens because I think right. they might get a phone call home, but most kids who are showing up tardy consistently, I don't think their parents are caring too much, or else yeah. maybe the behavior would change. What I've tried to do, which has worked, if you ifily well. In, in my class is if you're tardy and I make a policy where anyone who's tardy I put your names on a spinner in the board I spin the spinner and if it lands on you then you sing karaoke in front of the <laughs> entire class 
and, and at the start, it works very well because they're, they're all like, "Oh, like I'm not. I don't want to do that." Because yeah. especially freshmen is uh, the they're big talkers in their cliques, but you get them in front of the class and they're scared. <laughs> nah, yeah. yeah, they're embarrassed. They don't want to talk. So it works a little bit well. Um, and then what's happened though is a couple of the kids who routinely show up late, they start to want to sing karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> they they come in purposely late. They're like, "What am I singing today?" And I'm like, "No." It's worked for it usually works for a week or two once okay. I make it and then it kinda dwindles to the point where um every now and then I do it, but then it's like not too much. So I it's it was a it was a cool little fix and I and I gotta kinda keep being creative. Mm-hmm. So a lot a lot of discipline things to me is um it's it's kind of fun and challenging because it's all about creativity. Because okay. I mean, yeah. and, and I could always just send a kid to the office or just mark him tardy, but I I want to think of alternative or creative ways to get a kid to just want to show up on time. Yeah. Um, so yes, the True. karaoke is the only thing I got so far. We've had some good songs so far. It's creative um, though. Yeah, yeah, and it and it did it did work pretty well. And then the, the kids like it. This big engagement. Mm-hmm. They all start going ooh if someone walks in late. So it's it's been fun. It's so interesting how like it feels like you kind of have to mold your your job to the the kids in the class or like you got to mold it every different ways every semester and like not everything's going to be the same way you do it like every year so yeah. it seems yeah and even to that point like from my first semester to this semester um, I've already changed a lot of things yeah. and just kind of always I, I think they've, they've talked about it it might sound pretty cliche but it is very important especially in teaching just having a growth mindset so like just not being fixed just being like whatever happens alright I'll try that or I'll try yeah, that and just gotcha. always try new things essentially yeah so let's uh, maybe transition into a different topic a little expertise of your own uh, you have been a lot of places you've been you're kind of a world traveler I would say a little bit of a modern day Lewis and Clark, you know? Uh, and so I, I'm interested to hear some of like your travel experiences and like maybe where, like where, first of all, I guess like explain some of the places you've been and then like what, uh, maybe like what was your favorite? What did you learn? Some things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I've been very lucky in the sense that my parents, um, have put a lot of focus on getting just traveling and getting yeah. um, out to places outside of, of Illinois and even just the US um, so my family's traveled a good amount of places I guess some highlights in terms of where we've been um, after I graduated high school so in 2018 uh, my family and I went uh, through a through a lot of destinations through Europe. Yeah. So that trip was like, we flew actually into Iceland. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was London, Paris, Germany, with Munich in particular. Yeah. Um, then down to Italy. So a good amount of spots in Europe. That yeah. was a lot of fun and just a lot of cool cultural stuff with that. Um, most recently for winter break, uh, so Christmas, New Year's time this year, we were in Belize, yeah. which was very interesting in the sense that I, I don't know if I've met anyone who had been there. It just it was a pretty re- probably the most yeah, remote spot been that I'd there. been. Um, so that was very, very cool and very um, different. Um, and then probably the, I guess, the peak or the biggest travel experience we've had is we um, went to Africa and did like yeah. the African safari, which yeah. was... 
in the African bush, so to speak, in Zimbabwe. Um, and it was off the grid. So, like, they flew you in on this That's like, wild, pretty yeah. small plane, and you had no connection. It was just kind of you in the little lodge area, and then you basically all day were just going looking for yeah. animals in the bush. That is, um, yeah, that's awesome. That's like once in a lifetime experience. I feel like. Yeah, definitely. So I've been very lucky and blessed to do all of that stuff, um, and also just the more places I've been outside of the U.S. in particular um, gives me a lot of like kind of just a, a new and altered perspective on my place in the world. Which I think the more places you go outside of the U.S. or just in general, you just feel a greater sense of connection mm-hmm. to everyone around the world. Where I think. A lot of times, whether it be like your job or whatever you're doing, you kind of get so ingrained in the day to day that it, it's it it's just kind of tough to really sit back and and kind of ponder your um, place on the earth and like yeah. the connection to people you'll never meet in other countries. So, uh, in that regard, it's been very humbling and very cool to just experience life through other people's um, yeah. lenses. And yeah, stuff like that. and I think. I've been lucky enough to go to be to get out of the U.S. a little bit too, and like what I've learned, I guess, is kind of very similar to that. So it's a humbling experience because you kind of find out that your your problems are like not very significant compared to like the entire huge world that's around you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to really take yourself out of that position that you're in uh, unless you really just expand your horizons like that. Yeah, you got no room to complain, especially yeah. um, in the yeah. U.S. Um, and just um, almost there's there's a line of a of someone I follow that I like a lot, which is like whatever it is, it's almost just like nobody cares. Work harder, like it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you're going through. Just um, you know, you got, you got no right to complain, especially in the U.S. Just um, thinking about people in other in other parts of the world who are less fortunate with their yeah. opportunities that they have available to them. Where culture lies was like your favorite or the most different from like how we live our life here in America? Mm-hmm. Very good question. I'd say, yeah, the biggest difference um, was was probably Africa. Okay. Um, in the sense of um, before I went to the, the safari place, mm-hmm. I was in um, South Africa. Okay. Um, and um, just kind of the that in particular of a place, it's like very divided in the sense of like the nice parts and the not so nice parts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so just seeing how much of a divide culturally there was just in there, like it within South Africa and just Africa in general. Um, but also, I think uh, I guess just differences. Um, I guess generally speaking, it really came down to I think just um, like economic status and, and poverty to, to I guess just vaguely describe the major differences in the sense of like you kind of just look around and the infrastructure there's mm-hmm. like things that don't look I guess as nice to a lot of different places you'll go in the US um, mm-hmm. and you just ha- kind of see a lot a lot more people um, and this is kind of I guess just maybe a me thing but it's almost like depending on where you're walking or, or where you are when you start looking into different people's eyes you can almost like at least for me in a sense like not feel obviously what they're thinking because that'd be like telekinesis <laughs> thing. but just like uh, there was a lot more of just kind of a look of like um, raw like trying to survive like not not yeah. desperation but like 
I wouldn't mess with you. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I would say in a more um, higher on the like socioeconomic level, like Europe, for example, you uh-huh. just like, um, I guess, more of just welcoming eyes. And I guess, in a general sense, maybe that could be considered racist. But that's just what I thought. Like, as a general yeah. tourist, just like in terms of to your questions, just major differences in culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, in terms of just regular things, like just food is a big thing. I'd say in, in yeah. general, like wherever you go, there has always different food things. So that's always just a cool kind of less deep difference yeah. in culture what's the best food you've had hmm. or where I guess, yeah the best where? food i've had just because it's hard not to like it was probably italy yeah because <laughs> yeah. it's just like <laughs> pizza pasta all day and you got some like nice wine it just, just it's hard to and nice food, weather yeah. i mean it's, it's, it's a vibe that's tough to tough to beat so i, I would say that for me yeah, you uh, you also mentioned Iceland, and I did get a chance to to be out there, which was crazy. <laughs> yeah, too, what were your thoughts on Iceland? Uh, yeah, it was wild. So the one of the the one thing that really took me by surprise was, like, I'm not exactly sure if I would be in a place that like that remote ever again. So it was kind of like, it's obviously an island, a smaller island on its own, and it's really high up north. So it was light, like 22, 21 hours of the day. It was crazy. So. It'd be like midnight and it's still like the sun is still out and like you're like wow yeah. you look at the time and you think you're in a different planet dude. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so I was like we would we would kind of like go out and uh, try to have some fun at night and it just wouldn't get dark till three <laughs> and then if we stayed up long enough it would just be light again at five thirty. So like uh, it was it was a really crazy experience to kind of like be part of that and I've I have heard that some of those countries up north have some of the highest like happiness levels and I could see why if it's just light out all the time like yeah. it hard, it'd probably be hard to sleep but I was just saying I mean, <laughs> but, yeah. like, it seemed cool like it was just like that was you go out and it's still light outside don't have to worry about mm-hmm. uh, getting too dark on you so that was really yeah awesome. I thought the biggest thing for Iceland to me was just like the lay of the land like the, it's like the volcanic rock or I don't know if that's the exact mm-hmm description but when you'd like the terrain was just kind of crazy to be honest yeah it's this like almost is like i'm on another planet i know yeah it's really really crazy which is wow i think they've shot a lot of movies there too because it it kind of seems like that um so that was definitely one of the most unique uh, experiences i've had but yeah wait how was your uh how was that trip to belize because you kind of just came back from that yeah it was it was a lot of fun it was um Definitely, we were there for Christmas, so it was mm-hmm. the coolest Christmas I'd had. For, so during Christmas, we were on kind of this jungle boat mm-hmm. going through, I don't know the exact name of the river, but going through this river with just super high jungle cliffs on either side. Yeah. Um, and we, the the guides would stop us at certain checkpoints, and we'd climb up waterfalls, which oh, sounds wow. like That's so crazy. pretty crazy. And it is pretty crazy, but it was like weird in the sense of, I don't know the exact... Um, chemical composition even though maybe I should as a science teacher um, you'd step on the, the waterfalls and they were very grippy like the rock was very grippy which oh, I was cool. surprised about because you're like really like you're gonna take me on the waterfall like I'm gonna like Slip. fall and hurt myself <laughs> that was especially what my mom was saying but um, yeah and, and uh, so that was really cool um, and then there's a lot of um, like cave systems within Belize so we did some like cave tubing and hiking yeah well um and then there was um i want to say maybe i messed this up but i think it's the mayan culture was over there um so they had these cases they'd have like gatherings and burials down there so like at one point we hiked through these caves and like came to the site of like 
the remains of like a oh, wow. like a young like That's, girl kind of wow. thing, like a burial thing. That sounds haunted, man. Yeah, just a little bit, a little bit crazy. Yeah. I was more just like looking up, wow. being like, oh, these rocks look pretty cool. <laughs> wasn't that too is much crazy. For the crazy stories, but yeah, a lot of um, very different and very cool culture. Yeah, um, and, and I guess one thing to our last point that was that was cool is one of the the guys our guides um i told him i was a teacher Mm -hmm. and he told me some stories about him growing up in school um in belize one of which i think would be funny to tell you i think i might have told you to this but i was telling him that i was a teacher and he was saying that he was a bit of a troublemaker in class so Mm -hmm. one time he got in trouble um, I think he even said I think he like spanked one of his friends like <laughs> and his teacher and the teacher said okay like either you have two options one you can go to the principal's office or two you can go out because there was like farms and cows around and spank that cow <laughs> and, and, and this is he told me this I don't know if it's true obviously I, I only met him when I was there but he said he went out and the whole class watched him <laughs> spank a cow and that's what he did <laughs> so, yeah. so he was cracking me up for that for sure I wonder sure, if you but, could bring that technique uh, to the US yeah, so we'll see. I mean, there's farms near the school maybe if I did that I would maybe get fired <laughs> however would it be very entertaining and awesome I think so so we'll see I'll keep that in my oh, back good. pocket for the classroom. Yeah, that's crazy, man. <laughs> um, did you see any like uh, cool Christmas celebrations out there when you were there for Christmas? Or um, in terms of actual celebrations, no. We were at, like the I guess hotel resort, whatever. Oh yeah, you gotcha. Call it was, um, like there wasn't really anything too much mm-hmm. going on within that. Um, but then walking around the town, there were um, in kind of the centerpieces of the town decorations and, and lights set up. Yeah. So I think there had been a celebration, okay. gotcha. uh, going on. Um, but the, the shops were all closed. So they're like, a, regardless yeah. of, uh, how much they were celebrating, there was like just kind of a general consensus that not much it was, was still a holiday. They, yeah. yeah. They were spending it as a holiday. Gotcha. Do you have any trips planned for the future? Um, yeah, I think, um, my mom and, and and part of it's kind of funny in in my family because my mom is so passionate about travel that mm-hmm. she kind of takes the reins on planning our our travel trips okay. so um like in a, in a general sense even with belize i don't usually know a lot of what we're doing when we go there and i and honestly i don't really ask much questions cause i think it's more fun to just kind of have an mm-hmm. adventure just kind of go and be like all right like what are we doing mom yeah. Yeah. do this this yeah. and this and i'm like all right cool <laughs> um but i think she has um uh, a cruise plan for this oh, summer wow. in Croatia. Oh wow! Which don't know much about hey. Croatia, but I might if uh, I'll have either. some reviews and stuff uh, after <laughs> I go. So but I think you, uh, I think there's some good. Uh, if you ever seen Game of Thrones, uh, yeah. some yeah. good Game of Thrones sightings out there. Really. I think King's Landing might be in yeah, there. Yeah, maybe. I think that might be it. Uh, I've seen uh, big Game of Thrones fan. Sure. I think all of us are big Game of Thrones yes. fans. Yeah, so have to just share those pictures with us. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Plus. Uh, you might have skipped out on the trip that you've been talking about oh. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 my mind's all, all fuzzled up. But yeah, actually, um, super soon, um, in, in like less than a month, I'm actually going. One of my best friends at CU um, is from Tokyo, Japan originally. Um, so he came and did um, school in the U.S. He went to high school in the U.S., but his family's from Tokyo. So mm-hmm. I'm going to visit him for my spring break. Um in in japan yeah so i am super stoked um i'm a huge manga anime nerd and just love japanese culture in general yeah. um so i'm very very much looking forward to uh to doing that um and then also just kind of having him being like a little guide of uh 
what to do there. Because I think it's it's one thing it'd be awesome anytime just going to Japan. Right. Um, but having him who's who's a local so to speak there is gonna be Yeah, that's time. true. So that that really that honestly I can't I can't even really believe that I just traced over that like that. But <laughs> I, I do think for C I think that's probably gonna be my personal favorite trip just in the sense uh, oh, but it's just gonna be me and my buddy. Mm. So it's just us kind of adventuring through Japan and I'm I'm beyond stoked for that. Yeah. Do you have any big plans? Like, has he? We've yeah, we have kind of tentative schedules, like stuff that we're thinking about doing. So I guess our big things we're thinking about is um, I'm gonna have to get a an international driver's permit for this. But there's an activity where they I don't know the too many details, but I think you can almost like go kart and then Mario Kart, so to speak, through no Tokyo downtown Tokyo. That's and I don't I don't know if this is the case, but it might be where you get like Mario onesies when you do <laughs> it, which would be awesome. That is awesome. Um, another one, we're going to try to hit some sumo wrestling, I think, yeah, which would definitely. be pretty wild. Um, and then I think that, because um, we're going to do like half in Tokyo and then half in Kyoto and Osaka, which is a little bit um, more like traditional Japan architecture stuff. Okay. And cool. in there is uh, Super Nintendo Land, which yeah. is basically like an amusement park that like has the landscape of like a Mario game. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could do the racing in there too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And I think and I think we're kind of we have a couple of big things, but we're leaving a lot of time open for just kind of hiking, adventure, and sightseeing oh. because there is just so much to see and do. Yeah. Right. No, I've been I've been doing some research for my trip later this summer, yeah. and it's. Uh, it seems like you could spend weeks out there and not do everything you want to do. Which yeah, so is crazy. I think it'll be cool in your sense too. It's almost like I'm going on a little scout mission just to come oh, back, yeah. get the details, and then let yeah. you know what the best things to hit are. I was going to say that'd be super helpful because then Sean will obviously tell you all the good places to eat, yep. places to see, and then you can relay that to Lex. Yeah, and I think he might even be out there too. I think you said there's a possibility because yeah, that yeah, man, yeah. You never know with that man. He's He's got a lot of a lot of stuff on his plate, but he might be out there, and he uh, he's he's the man. So shout out the man here, Matsu. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, no, that's super exciting, man. You're gonna be you're gonna have hit most of the continents in the world, man, already. Yeah. That's so crazy. that which is, is which is very crazy. To yeah, think about. that's awesome. That'll be cool to kind of compare your experiences on, on all of them, and and kind of just get a good good perspective on the entire. Yeah, but always very humbling whenever yeah. you leave the U.S. and just open your mind to the differences out there in people, culture, whatever. So, you are our first guest, but, so you're going to be kind of our guinea pig, but we did want to end with asking our guests kind of like the same three questions, just get different perspectives on each question. So, mm-hmm. first question is, what is your weirdest scar that you have, and how did you get it? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Um, I have a scar, I guess I could show the camera kind of, it's like on my leg, it's like, oh, yeah. um, I had to get stitches there. The story was when I was, um, I think I was in maybe middle school, maybe early high school. Okay. I was on a cruise with my family and, uh, they, I think my parents and, uh, were at like some sort of karaoke bar, probably my mom center stage singing something. <laughs> and I was, um... With my brothers and sister, and we were on the like by the pool, and I was like running, running off the deck of the pool and jumping in, and I think I was trying to I don't know just do something for laughs, so I kept trying to like make my jumps funnier and weirder, <laughs> and I slipped on it and banged my um, 
leg on the like pool ladder where you go up mm. um and like conked up in my leg to the point where you could see the bone oh so God. that i like go and i Ooh. yeah I show, on a cruise man cru- yeah so it, was, it was not <laughs> ideal i show like the towel guy i'm like um, like, can I have a towel? <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, you're gonna go to the ER, whatever, like the ER equivalent of the cruise. And then oh I was God. in there, and they um, had to announce to the whole cruise ship, like, uh, parents of Nolan George, please come to the <laughs> ER room. So it was a whole. My extended family was there too, so it was oh a whole. God. It was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, it's probably the weirdest scar story I got. Yeah, that's a good story. Um, the next one is gonna be like. Do you have like a recurring dream or maybe even like a, a crazy dream that you remember? Hmm. I don't have recurring dreams. I've never yeah. I've never had that where it's like a dream that I have every now and then. Yeah. One dream that is like literally like the the coolest and like happiest place I've ever been on a dream is I think it was it was kind of a power nap where like one thing I haven't noticed with at least with myself is like if I were to go to sleep and then I like wake up maybe like an hour before I'm supposed to wake up and go back to bed, that's usually when I'll dream. I think there's like yeah. some science or something behind that. But um, I had a dream where I was in just this pool of like really warm water, like almost like an ocean, but it was like a hot tub ocean yeah. and a dolphin like swam under me and just kind of felt like, like my legs under me. And I just that scene, I had such a vivid uh, recollection of it. And it yeah. just, I, was just, I just woke up and I was like, Oh man, I wish I could stay there. That was so awesome. So that was uh, like my favorite dream, I guess, if that answered the question. Because I haven't had no, definitely, yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a great. uh, I love those dreams where you're just like, oh man, I want to go back to sleep. Just get back in there. (laughs) Dolphin. Finish it off. All right, final question. What is one of your nicknames, and where did it come from? Mm. I know you have a lot, so maybe yeah, I do. I do love nicknames, and I. I, I guess you're the giver. You're like yeah, yeah, the yeah. best nickname giver. Yeah, I do <laughs> love giving people nicknames just because it's funny, and just usually just because it's funny. A lot of times they stick because the person doesn't like them, which makes it funnier. <laughs> um, my uh, probably favorite nickname or funniest nickname that someone's given me is the nickname. Um, my last name's George, so Georgie Porgy Pumpkin Pie. <laughs> Um, and I think that this uh, was originally uh, coined. Um, I think I, someone said Georgie Porgy, and then I think the man himself, Alex, <laughs> extended it to Bumpy Pie. Was it, wasn't it you? And so, yeah, I so, so. I, it, it just was like so long and so funny that it always cracked me up. I'd like see me in the hallway in high school or just anywhere and be like, Pumpkin Pie, like Georgie Porgy. So that would always crack me up. So that was probably my favorite one just because every time. I hear someone call me pumpkin pie. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Well, this man's the the master of giving out nicknames to people, so yeah, sometimes you just got to throw him his own. Yeah, it's <laughs> the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. Give me a taste of my own medicine. Uh, all right, well, man, uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on here. Heck yeah, it was a pleasure. Appreciate well, uh, you guys inviting me on the pod. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to have you have you back maybe after your trip or kind of hear yeah. about that, um, and maybe after your semester finishes out. Truth. So good luck with the rest of the year. And uh, appreciate your time, man. Thank you.